Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another edition of Football 24-7. He's John McMullen, and I am your humble <laughs> host, Tone DeShields II. Make sure you guys continue to support Jacob Sports and smash that like button. Remain engaged in the content. And also make sure you guys are continuing to subscribe and uh, watch all the content, man. You know, this this channel is growing fast and make sure you're on the right side of history. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the post game show last week uh, Well, earlier this week. It was a Monday game, right? Uh, it was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. All my days are running together, John. Like this, this is insane. I can only imagine, you know, what you're feeling constantly being on the beat. Yeah, it's uh, it, that the short weeks are tough. Well, you know, night games are tough, but uh, it is what it is. And I advocate every game be played at one o'clock on Sunday. But <laughs> prime time doesn't agree. I got to admit, though. The NFL kind of botched that overlap of games with the Bills and the Eagles, the Eagles and Vikings. I I wasn't a fan of that at all. I'll be honest. No, I I I mean I don't like the overlap anyway. But the two games on Monday night, they you know for some reason it was Week Two this year instead of Week One. But at least it's got to be an East Coast West Coast game. That that part doesn't. You know, if you have the Eagles, uh, Vikings at seven o'clock, you have Las Vegas, Arizona, for instance, uh, you know, a West Coast game. That would make more sense, you know, but they don't care. <laughs> of, course, of course it don't. It's about that bottom line, right? So, uh, you know, let's get right into the content, man. Um, Eagles are coming off a very big victory against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Jalen Hurts was as sharp as he, as we've ever seen him. And this week they have the Washington Commanders. And this is a big game for obvious reasons. Um, the Eagles face off against Carson Wentz, their former quarterback. And, you know, Carson Wentz, his exit wasn't the smoothest, right? It was a bit tumultuous. And I have to ask you especially, right, because you've covered this closely. What do you think the gravity of this game is for Carson Wentz? And on top of that, who do you think – needs this game more to go their way Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz that um definitely Carson from that perspective I I mean you know Jalen's a a young quarterback Jalen really had nothing to do with any of the controversy if there was even if you want to call it controversy the angst I mean he didn't ask to be chosen by the Eagles the Eagles um drafted him number 53rd overall. I, I don't think it's any, you know, people talk about there's no, and Carson said this week, you have to treat it like another game. It's not like another game for him. It is like another game for Jalen Hurts. I mean, it, it's, it, to me, there's no extra emphasis from his perspective. Um, You know, Carson was once, the face of this franchise. It was June of 2019, not that long ago, where they gave him the biggest contract in franchise history. So I think there's a lot of revisionist history since then. Um, They drafted Jalen Hurts to be a cost-effective backup because they paid so much money for Carson Wentz. Uh, And he had, you know, he was injury-prone. He did not finish the 2017, 2018, or 2019 seasons, uh, three consecutive years. Now, 2019 was the concussion in the playoff game, but still. Right. Um, 
three consecutive years. So like we need a, a, a good backup who can potentially go in and win some games for us in case Carson goes down. That was the plan. Obviously it went awry and it looks like at least early through two games, the Eagles kind of lucked out uh, and maybe got a, uh, a good starting quarterback and it's still early, you know, there are going to be tests for Jalen Hurts. There are going to be hiccups. This team's not going to average 470 yards a game. He's not going to throw 84% every week. Uh, there are going to be difficult times, but it, it's worked out nicely for the Eagles, but that doesn't mean it worked out as planned for the Eagles. Yeah, that's that's a good point, right? You know, when you think about it, the Eagles sort of, that situation failed, right? You know, they gave up a lot of money. They invested a lot of money in a quarterback uh, that ultimately ended up not, you know, playing out his contract uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but now he's been Washington, right? And this is a really interesting matchup um, just from the perspective of obviously the the nuance, you know, the, the storylines, stuff like that. But when it comes to the Eagles game plan, how should they attack Carson Wentz? We are very familiar with Carson Wentz, right? You are, the city is, but what do you think should be the Eagles game plan when it comes to limiting Carson Wentz's play and that commander's offense? Well, I think with Carson, you have to sort of, um, you know, make sure you give him an opportunity. I, I think the biggest fault Carson really has always had is won't give up on a play. Um, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, second and 10 or even third and 10 is better than an interception going back the other way. You know, even if you have to punt the football um, too often, he tries to push the envelope. People have called it hero football, tries to make uh, something out of nothing. Um, And, you know, he'll give you an opportunity to make some plays and the Eagles have to make them. So when they're presented with those opportunities, whether he's holding on to the football uh, too long in the pocket, um, you know, potential strip sacks, Eagles fans are familiar with that. Uh, Whether it's throwing the football too late, uh, susceptible for an interception. We saw Darius Slade last, uh, not last week on Monday. Um, the Eagles have some playmakers um, on the back end. Devontae Maddox with an interception as well. <clears throat> you know, as Chauncey Gardner-Johnson gets more comfortable, he's a playmaker. He can make some plays. James Bradbury, we know, can make plays. So they should have an opportunity to turn the football over. Um, and from Carson's perspective, you know, let, he, he pushes things against – teams he doesn't have a history with i mean he's gonna push things he he wants to beat the eagles and he's probably going to be even more susceptible to pushing things a little bit too far the eagles have to take advantage of that yeah i actually would agree with you um you know the emotion of the game i can only imagine what the emotions are going to be when he actually comes back to philly but you know just in this first matchup you know the emotions are going to be running high so do you anticipate, I guess, a similar game plan that they employed or deployed against uh, Kirk Cousins? Do you expect a similar game plan uh, to be used against Carson? <clears throat> um, no. Uh, I, I, I think the Eagles game plan, in fact, I know the Eagles game plan was more 
Justin Jefferson centric than Kirk Cousins centric. The Eagles were really concerned about Justin Jefferson. Rightfully um, so. Yeah, and and they wanted to do everything possible uh, to stop him, um, and that a bunch of different things uh, slay on him um, uh, for the majority of the time, uh, but also uh, you know blitzing a little bit more than they normally do. Uh, Kirk Cousins to get him to get rid of the football, be uncomfortable, get him off platform, and it worked brilliantly. It's one of the worst games I've seen Cousins play. <laughs> um, it, it, you know, it was a great game plan, but things change from week to week. And I asked Jonathan Gannon that, you know, because everyone is like, they changed their defense. From week. No, they didn't. They just, they were effective. And when it's, uh, when you're in situations um, where it's second and long, third and long, you have more opportunity to be aggressive. Um, and Fletcher Cox, I got video of him saying, that's why I asked Jonathan Gannett today, because Fletch said, nope, didn't do anything different. Um, the situations just presented themselves. Um, if Washington is a lot of third and shorts like Detroit was, those situations don't present themselves, and you 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 can't be aggressive. It, yeah. You'll see very few teams blitzing on third and short for good reason. And if they do, it might be third and half yard. It might be fourth. They're run blitzing um, to try to stop a quarterback sneak or something of that nature. Um, But especially against veteran quarterbacks, when they only have two, three yards to pick up, that's really, really a difficult to to blitz and and get that done yeah you know I was thinking like you said against the Vikings their sole game plan was to limit or hinder Justin Jefferson in Washington they have a guy by the name of Terry McLaurin they also have a guy a rookie by the name of Jahan Dotson and they have another guy in the slot named Curtis Samuel you can make an argument that the Washington commanders receiving core is a bit more balanced Uh, than that Vikings receiving core. I won't necessarily say better, but just more balanced. You have uh, a more balance of powers between all three of those guys and maybe a lot more speed. Matter of fact, no, a lot significantly more speed uh, between those three guys. So what do you think the game plan would be to limit those guys, especially Terry McLaurin? Yeah, Terry's been sort of an Eagles killer, Uh, you know, over 400 yards uh, over uh, against the Eagles over the past number of years. Um, you know, they haven't been throwing them the football as much this year because, but he's averaging over 20 yards a catch. And the reason why is because Curtis Samuel, uh, you brought him up, he, he barely played last year, had a groin injury, uh, basically derailed his whole season. Right. So he's back and healthy. Uh, for people that remember him from Carolina, he's a very good slot receiver. Very good manufactured touch player, can run jet sweeps, things like that. He's back. Um, He's been the most highly trafficked. Carson throws it to him more than anybody else. Um, You mentioned Dotson. He's a lot like the Eagles' Quez Watkins. He can just run by you, and it's really hard to give him a lot of attention because of the other guys. Uh, Logan Thomas is also back. He was injured last year. Very good tight end. 
J.D. McKissick, very good uh, receiver out of the backfield. Um, they have a lot of weapons. There are two teams um, that have four receivers over 90 yards through the first two games. The Chargers, and you go, yeah, they have Justin Herbert. The other one is the Commanders. So they've been moving the football around. And you're right, at least early, the Vikings have been, you know, very Justin Jefferson-centric. Um, and in the past, I mean, Thielen's had great seasons. Yeah, but, big red zone threat, yeah. Yeah, but they haven't, but, but they haven't, for whatever reason, with the new coaching staff, they've been, you know, heavily, heavily tilted towards Jefferson. Um, so you're right. The commanders have utilized their pieces better um, in the early going, at least. So switching to the other side of the ball, what's or what do you anticipate the Eagles game plan to be offensively? You know, how do you expect them to uh, deploy uh, Jalen Hurts and those guys? Man, they're number one in offense. They're number one in the entire. They're they're doing 470 yards a game, um, and they think they left a lot on the table. I mean, would you say I, so though? <laughs> I I would and I wouldn't. I mean, against Minnesota, yeah. I mean, they let them do whatever they wanted. Uh, against Detroit, no. I don't think they left much on the table. In fact, I think they did more than they should have done because Jalen Hurts kind of carried them across the finish line. Good point. Um, so we've only got two games, one yes, one no. Uh, but I, I can guarantee you this, at the end of 17 games, they're not going to be averaging 470 yards a game. So, but I mean – they're going to be tested and it might start this week because um, division games tend to be uh, tighter than people think. Um, teams are very familiar with each other. Um, looked like Detroit wasn't prepared. Looked like Minnesota definitely wasn't prepared. Uh, Washington knows the Eagles a lot better. Uh, we'll see how it shakes out, but it might not be this week. It might not be next week against Jacksonville. I don't know when it's coming, but it's coming. Uh, somebody's going to test this team offensively, but right now it's kind of, all right, where's Jalen hurts? You know, is he, is he feeling it throwing the ball? If he's not feeling it, throwing the ball, you go to the RPOs um, really difficult offense to deal with, but um yeah, 470, that's pretty optimal. I don't know if you can get much higher than that. Yeah, you know, what I keep hearing is the fact that this Eagles team is hard to prepare for. It's hard to simulate what they actually do uh, in live football games because of the RPO factor, because of um, Jalen Hurts proving that he he is trending towards being a viable dual threat uh, quarterback and then having you know a versatile receiving group A.J. Brown, a guy that can go over the middle fearlessly. Devontae Smith, a guy who's a pure route runner. Uh, Quez Watkins, a guy who could take the top off the fit, uh, take the top off your defense. Do you have Dallas Goddard, a guy that can do damn near anything on the field? You know, that begs the question, or that brings up the topic, right? You know, there's a lot of hype brewing around this Eagles team, especially the offense. And, you know, some consider this team to be 
a top four team. Me, I'm not really there yet. Um, I still would like to see them stack these days, stack these games uh, together. Um, but, you know, I'm curious to know what's your what's been your evaluation of the Philadelphia Eagles thus far? Do you think it's justified to call this team um, as dangerous as they've been as they've been as they've been referred as being? Well, they're dangerous. I mean, I guess that depends. You know, I've been joking all week. I mean, they Nick Sirianni is now the second um uh, for coach of the year honors, if you look at all the betting lines, um, uh, Jalen Hurts is third uh, for MVP. Third. Let me say that again. Third for MVP. You Jalen sound like Hurts. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is above Aaron Rodgers for MVP. You know, the two-time reigning MVP, by the way. Um 10 to one to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, that's not value. It used to be value at 45 to one. It's not value. I will say that. <laughs> well, good thing I'm out of betting, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, look, they, 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 they had a really difficult test in Detroit. And what I, what I called the, Monday night game, it's like an NBA game where you win by 40. Like, that didn't tell me anything, the Monday night game. It really didn't. Hmm. That's like that's like the Sixers beating Memphis by 40 in, in you know, November. Um, all right, it's fun. But it really, it really didn't tell me anything as far as – because they weren't tested. They were tested in Detroit. And so that to me is still the more impressive performance uh, because I, I was there. It was a really difficult environment. Um, they really struggled. They really, they couldn't communicate. They couldn't communicate and they still put up 31 points offensively. That to me is impressive. That's impressive. You know, beating a team that doesn't show up. And I use the NBA analogy again. It's fun, you know, watching Allen Iverson go for 50 back in the day. It's fun. Does it matter when Kobe Bryant would show up? Not as much. That's that's kind of what I'm talking about. I mean, you bring up a good point, right? And you can make an argument that Detroit game was more impressive, you know, from a team perspective. But, you know, it's so hard to ignore the way Jalen Hurts delivered in that Vikings game, right? You know, you think about the fact that he's been pretty sharp um, so far. I mean, it's only two games. We're, we're only going into week three, but thus far, um, he's been fairly sharp, you know, completing. Been very six, sharp. Yeah, completing 69% of his passes, uh, averaging 288 yards passing, um, nine y- averaging about nine yards per completion or per attempt, excuse me. Um, one, one passing TD, I would like that to go up, obviously. Uh, but he's put he's put up 147 rushing yards, uh, three rushing touchdowns. You know, how does this performance, how does his performance compare to uh, your expectations that you have for him entering the 2022 season? Well, I never thought we'd see a game like that from Jalen Hurts from a passing perspective. So then I start to say, well, you know, is it is it Jalen Hurts or is it uh, the defense, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I was talking to A.J. Brown today. Uh, you know, A.J.'s 
a a star, a legitimate star in this league, a proven star. And I asked him, I said, you know, as a receiver, can you kind of feel, and I was using the NBA analogy with him as well, can you kind of feel when a quarterback is 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 feeling it, is is hot and is competent and is ready to have a big game? And he said, Yeah. And I I can. And he and he saw that with, with Jalen Hurts. So um, you know, all that is is positive. Um I I put it out next gen stats, um I put it out earlier in the week, two point nine yards of separation is what the average NFL receiver got um, last week. Um, Dallas Goddard was 5.3. Zach Pascal was 4.82. Quez Watkins was 4.63. A.J. Brown was 3.72. These guys were open. These guys were open. You know, it's, it's, it's ironic I think Jalen Hurts' two best throws in the game didn't count. Well, one was incomplete. I would agree with you on that, 100%. Uh, the Dallas Goddard uh, pass, which he which he threw, brilliant pass, and, and there was a, a late breakup about the only time a defensive back got near an eagle all day. Uh, and then he was rolling left, and which has always been sort of his kryptonite, and he threw a dime to, to Quez Watkins for about 30, 35 yards. Got called back for a penalty. Now, again, poor coverage on the play, but that was an impressive throw. Um, so, I I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm old, so I remember when Willie Burton scored 53 for the Sixers. Now, people are going to say, who? Look it up. Willie Burton. <laughs> Willie Burton. I'm glad you said it, not me, John, because I wasn't going to say it. I was going to say who. (laughs) Yeah, look it up. He scored 53. The the point I'm trying to make is, look, what defines great quarterbacks is consistency from week to week. Um, And we're going to see. This is a great start by Jalen Hurts. Um, But, you know, I would say Peyton Manning's the best regular season quarterback of all time. And the reason I say that is because if you look at his career, once he got going, um, you know, a bad season. Indianapolis would go into a season saying, we got 10 wins. We're, we're, we're a double-digit win team. A good season would be 13-14. A bad season would be 10. They were winning double digits because the quarterback was so consistent from week to week, a bad season. Let me repeat that. A bad season was 10 and six for them. Um, That, that defines great quarterbacks consistency from week to week, to week, to week, to week, to week, to week. And even on your down days, you still play winning football. That, that defines great quarterbacks. We're way too early, way too early. Yeah, yeah, I would I would definitely agree. Um, you know, one one throw that stood out to me, um, and I think it was um towards the close of halftime. Um, you saw Jalen Hurts drop back and he delivered this dime to Dallas Goddard down the middle, dead center of the middle of the field. But what was most impressive about it wasn't really the throw. It was 
him standing tall in the pocket and he knew that edge rusher or that linebacker, whoever was coming after him, he knew they were coming and they were coming in hot. But he stood there, he delivered the pass and took the hit. He waited for Dallas Goddard to get exactly where he needed to get to and he stood tall and took that hit. That was really impressive to me. I feel like Jalen Hurts last season would probably would have got happy feet and ran that entire drop going out, going into halftime. What say you? Well, I mean, look, there there has been significant improvement, significant improvement. Um, I I'd rather talk about the Detroit game because I real that I I really this this game throw it out. I know I know you don't want to throw it out. Outlier. That will be the worst defense they will not, not uh, let me let me word this correctly that will be the worst defense they play this season on a particular game day hmm. that team was not prepared that team didn't didn't cover anybody um i think the environments had something to do with it but john um, i gotta i gotta push back just a little bit right you know there were throws he made where last year he probably wouldn't have made right well, the Dallas one, yeah, the Quez one, um, but again, yeah, people are going to get mad at me. Uh, <laughs> he, he played. I'm a not great... trying to put you up, John. I want you to know that I'm not trying to set you up right now. He played a great game. He played a great game. Now, if if you're going to be honest with yourself, are you going to see 83.9 again this season? If you're a betting man. Probably not, Probably if I'm a betting not. man. But if good thing I'm not, right? Well, good thing you're not. <laughs> but if you bet on 83.9 again, you're not a very good betting man. Um, you're not trying to win money. Um, look, it's always a, a factor. Would you have outlier numbers like that? That's what I'm trying to say. Throw them out. Throw them out. Same thing when you have a really bad game. Like like he had against the Giants last year. That's probably his worst game as a pro. I would agree. Throw it out. Throw it out. You know, you, what you want is is that consistency. And we'll see. It's you know, he, he was very good in Detroit in a different way. Um, I said he, you know, people would always say, Oh, the Eagles win despite Jalen Hurts. No, they won that game because of Jalen Hurts, um, the Detroit game. That The game on Monday night, it was fun. It was fun. It was glorified seven on seven. <laughs> it, was Willie, it was Willie Burton scoring 53. I mean, it's great. Great individual performance. I don't I don't I don't know what it means, Tom. I don't I don't think it means that much. I don't I get it. I get it. You know, it's it's look, the bottom line, it's still relative, relatively early to say anything or 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 proclaim anything definitive about Jalen Hurts, right? You know, the the good thing is you're seeing the steps being taken. You know, you're seeing the the improvements in the mechanics, you know, the fundamentals, you know, the decision making, right? And you know, this leads me to my final question of the evening. You know, so far, uh, the Eagles game plan, the offensive game plan in particular, uh, it's been pretty effective. 
so I'm curious to know, you know, what's been your evaluation? What's been your take on the level of ball distribution and the way Sirianni and Steichen have utilized Jalen Hurts' skill set? Well, I think Nick and Shane have done a tremendous job. I, I think, you know, a lot of coaches talk about, um, and, and Jonathan was talking about it today, uh, game plan specific. The Eagles are, are game plan specific for their uh, opponents on a particular week. I don't know if that's necessarily the case with a lot of other teams, to be honest. They just play what they play. Um, and I do think the Eagles, um, and we saw it last year when they shifted gears midseason uh, offensively. I, you know, it sounds cliche, but Nick has proven um, to this point in his young coaching career that he will do what it takes to win a football game. And if that means throwing it 50 times, he'll throw it 50 times. That means running it, the quarterback 20 times, 17 times in Detroit, he'll, he'll let the quarterback run it 17 times. So I think they've done a wonderful job taking advantage of what Jalen Hurts does well. Um, and I think it ships from week to week. Um, they're not going to be a drop back. Pat. I, I, I coined this term a few weeks ago and I believe it, uh, Everybody, the Eagles got to be run first. The Eagles got to be pass first. The Eagles are Jalen Hurts first. What's he doing well? You know, and it's almost like you, you get through the openers and say, is this going to be a, a Jalen Hurts passing game or is this going to be a Jalen Hurts RPO, you know, stress the run defense game? And you kind of feel from there and the Eagles, you know, go and and they take advantage of what they need to take advantage of. Hey, you guys heard it here first. You know, this is John McMullen. I'm Tony DeShows a second. You guys are locked in the football 24-7. Look, at the end of the day, right, you know, this is still very, very early in the 2022 NFL season, right? We've made it through week two, and now we're entering week three, and there's about 15 to 16 more weeks to go. Right. You know, there's there are 15 games left to be decided for your Philadelphia Eagles. And a lot of things can happen. Injuries uh, on either side of the ball. Right. Or um, there can be there can be unforeseen circumstances. Uh, a bad game is brewing somewhere. It's going to happen at some point. But what needs to be understood is that this team is, as it appears, trending in that right direction. And they're giving you a lot to root for. But ultimately, we're on a game-by-game basis with Jalen Hurts. He has to be able to stack these days. He has to be able to stack these games. Otherwise, it's off and not. Like John said, the best quarterbacks do it consistently. Should we expect 80% completion percentage every week? No. Like John said, you wouldn't be a smart betting man. But what you should, at the very least, expect is consistency. And that can be consistent decision-making, um, being consistent with protecting the ball, um, being consistent with um, reading the defense and things like that. You want, to be able, you want to be able to see him stack these days and stack these reps, and that's when we're going to see or get the best uh, out of Jalen Hurts. Uh, John, uh, any final thoughts before we close this thing out, my man? Yeah, I, you know, I talked about Peyton Manning, and that's, you know, from I, – I, I just looked it up 
1999 to 2014, so 15 seasons, uh, 14 of them, his teams won double digits. Um, East. Yeah. One, two, I'm counting them up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven times his teams won at least 12 games. Wow. That that is that is greatness. That is consistency. That's what you strive for. That's very difficult. I mean, he's he's an outlier. But that that is what I'm talking about. Consistency from week to week to week. Hey, you guys heard it here, man. This has been Football 24-7. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys continue to stay engaged. Make sure you guys are, most importantly, subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. And if you want more from John McMullen, if you are an avid reader of his articles, or Paul Domowicz, or Joe Santillaquito, make sure you guys check out jkibsports.com. That's J-A-K-I-B-sports.com. And on top of that, make sure you guys like and on the Pond Lee Hockey post-game show that's going to be hosted at Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City. And if you guys want to watch it online, you can stream it on the Jacob Sports YouTube channel or you can stream it on 6abc.com. He's John McMullen. I'm Tony DeShows II. You guys were locked in on football 24-7. Take care, you guys, and fly, Eagles fly. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.